Well, let's open our Bibles. Let's go to, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're continuing our series called uh, The Blessing. And we've really been taking a look at the life of Abraham. And we've been looking at how Abraham was blessed. And God said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great. And the thing to understand is that when God was saying these things to him, and you're going to hear me say it a lot tonight. You've heard me say it a lot over the last couple of weeks. But it's not about what God wants to get to you. It's about what God wants to get through you. So when God came to Abraham and he stepped out and Abraham said, I believed. And when he believed, God said, I'm going to credit to your account. It's righteousness. It wasn't just for Abraham to be able to get to heaven. It was what God wanted to establish and pass through Abraham. And then God would say, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you family. But it wasn't just for like personal satisfaction for Abraham of, of here's a son. Here's what you've always wanted. No, God was establishing something through Abraham. And tonight we're going to talk about the area of finances. So we've talked about faith. We've talked about family and we've talked about finances. And so I'm excited because I believe that God wants us to live a blessed life. I said this week one, this is not prosperity gospel. I'm not up here preaching all uh, prosperity. If it's your first week, go back and listen to some of our previous messages because we've talked about the hard stuff. We've talked about the battles and the struggles. In fact, I said, you know what? I've, I've been through enough struggles. We're going to preach some. We're going to preach some blessing. All right. Because when, when I was preaching about the hard stuff, it seemed like I walked through the hard stuff. So I was like, I'm going to preach the blessing. We're going to get some blessing. Amen. Let's go. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verse 6. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. When we look at the life of Abraham, we see this principle of sowing and reaping. We see this principle where God would say, pick up your family and go. And when Abraham would pick up his family and he would go, what would God do? God would bless him. When he said, take that only son that I gave to you and take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him. Abraham took that son and he went up to the mountain. And as he was about to sacrifice his son, God stepped in and provided a blessing for him, provided a sacrifice for him. What? God blesses obedience and action. He would sow obedience. He would reap blessing. God blesses obedience. But it says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Watch this. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, not because I get up here and I preach some smooth message that goes, oh, okay, yep, I, I got to get, not because I'm trying to convince you, or under compulsion, for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. He wants you to be cheerful about it. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound, watch this, and underline it, circle it in your Bible, you will abound in what? Every good work. It's not about getting something to you. That's the way we look at it, right? God, give me and I, give me this and bless me with this and bless me. God says, look, I'm going to give it to you so you can abound in every good work. Notice again, it's not about what he wants to get to you, but get through you. He wants the good work, what comes from that. As it is written, it goes on to say, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed 
and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're a good God. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you're a God that blesses. May your hand be on this message. God, I pray that every ear be opened, every heart be opened, every mind be open to receive of your word. Change us, challenge us. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. So when you go to 2 Corinthians, you'll see that this is a letter that Paul is, is writing. And he's writing it to the people of Corinth. And, and he's writing and in this section, he's recounting uh, an offering that he was taking for the church in Jerusalem. And so Paul writes to them and he says, look, I, I want you to remember that while we were there, we talked about this offering that we were going to give to bless the church in Jerusalem. He said, I want you to prepare this offering. I want you to get it ready because I'm sending some men to you that when they come to you. He's like, I'm just, I, I, look, I just want to remind you that when you get there, you're not embarrassed, all right? That you're not embarrassed. You don't have the offering ready. You don't have it prepared. And so he begins to tell them that he who sows sparingly reaps sparingly, but he who gives generously reaps generously. How many of you want to reap generously tonight? I want to reap generously. And the interesting thing is that then he kind of goes into this, this farm language, this farm speak, as we get so much in the Bible because so many of uh, the people that he was speaking to were farmers. And he begins to talk about this principle of, of sowing and reaping. And he begins to talk about how, you know, if you'll take this seed and you'll sow it, you get, you get crops. And if you, when it comes to sowing, if you're going to sow sparingly, if you take that seed and sow sparingly, you're going to get a few crops. But if you take that seed and you sow generously, what are you going to get? You're going to get, you're going to get a great crop. You're going to get a great harvest. And I love this because I begin to think about how farmers, they wouldn't have a hard time understanding this and that they put faith in the seed that they were putting into the ground, Right? That they're like, I have this seed, I have this grain, I'm going to go out, I'm going to put it into the ground, and I know that I'm going to get something back. And that's exactly what Paul was writing about when he wrote this, as he was saying, look, you're going to sow, but you're also going to reap. You're going to make an investment, and out of that investment that you're making, I will bless you. Does anybody believe that tonight? Because I want to underline this and continue to say this. It's not about what God wants to get to you. It's about what he wants to get through you. Amen. Your faith, it's not about you. It's not just about being saved. I said this earlier, but it's about passing that faith on. I talked about it about a month ago, about passing that baton on to the next generation. Your children, God blessed you with children so that you could pass the faith on to them and that this godly lineage could continue to impact the earth. And I believe that when it comes to finances, it's no different. It's not about God, what God wants to get to you, but through you. I believe that God wants to bless you. I believe that God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to those around you and help build his kingdom. I believe that God has strategically placed us in a city that we could finance the kingdom to reach and impact the city that we live in. And I believe that God has strategically placed us here in this time to bless us, to be a blessing to those around us. Watch this. Abraham's life 
was marked by obedience and sacrifice. What I know is that God's blessing follows obedience and sacrifice. Listen, that's not all. I, gotta, I, I know it's not always like, like, that's not shout you down kind of preaching right there, you know? You're like, when you say the word sacrifice, that's not something that you use like, come on, preach that, right? You're like, oh, okay, sacrifice. Mm. But the Bible talks a lot about obedience and sacrifice. And what I have seen in my life is that I serve a God that if I will step out in obedience, God goes, I got you. Uh, all I'm asking you to do is just do the thing that I told you to do. Just take the step and I'm here. I've got you. I'm going to bless you. As this passage of scripture says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. I've got you. But sometimes it just takes that simple act of going, okay, God, I'm putting all of my hope, all of my faith in you. God, I trust you. Because you got to understand that Abraham left his family. He left everything he knew. And what did God do? God blessed him. God was, Abraham was willing to sacrifice his own son. And what did God do? God blessed him. Abraham was faithful to steward everything he had. He was a faithful steward. Let's look at this. Mark chapter 12. It'll be on the screen. It says this. Uh, the Pharisees came and they, they questioned Jesus. And they said, is it right for us to pay taxes? How many of you would like to not pay the IRS? Come on, that would be, that'd be, that'd be nice. I know we've got an IRS worker in the crowd. She said, don't say that. I said, we would like to not have to pay them, but we got to, all right? And so they, they, they come to Jesus and they say, look, should we really be paying taxes? I mean, this is kind of crazy. This is, and this is what Jesus responds to them. So, you know, and a lot of times we do this to God. We ask one question and God is like, but see, I really know what you're asking. And a lot of times we'll go to God and we'll be like, God, do I have to do this? Do I have to do this? Obedience, sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. God, do I have? And God comes around and he goes, hey, but I really know what you're asking here. So watch, watch what Jesus says. They come and they say, is it right to pay imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar's. Watch this now. He's going to take a little poke at their heart. And to God, what is God's? So he says, you're going to give to Caesar what's Caesar? So he's saying, pay your taxes. But he says, what you're also going to do is you're going to give to God what is God's. So then we have to ask the question, what is God's? So what Jesus was doing is Jesus was reaching back into the Old Testament and he was bringing Old Testament truth into the New Testament. Do you remember there was another time when the Pharisees came to Jesus and they asked a similar question. They said, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And what Jesus did is he reached back into the Old Testament and he would bring an Old Testament truth into the New Testament. And what Jesus was doing here is he was reaching back into the Old Testament and bringing an Old Testament truth into the New Testament. So when people would say tithing is not a New Testament principle, tithing and giving is a New Testament principle. Because Jesus said, 
give to God what is God's and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. So what is God's? The tithe is God's. So when Jesus says, give to God what is God, he is also validating tithing and giving as a New Testament principle. Let me show you one other. Matthew 6. This is the Sermon on the Mount discourse that Jesus is preaching. He says, so when? Come on, somebody say when. This is like... Uh, First Church of the Frigid Air tonight. Y'all aren't giving much uh, talk back. So, um, so when, come on, somebody say when again. When. So when you give to the needy, did he say if? No. He said when you give to the needy, do not announce it with the trumpets as the hypocrites. Dude, look again, he's dressing, addressing the heart. He's, he's telling the Pharisees, they're like, you hypocrites, look, you don't give as a show. You don't get up and... You know, it would be kind of crazy if you brought, like, if y'all went out and got one of those big checks and came in, you're like, ha bless God, here's my tithe for the week, you know, and you just, like, set it down here. That, that I mean, that would be a little strange, right? Uh, so he said, don't do that. So don't do that. Uh, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Then he says it again, but when you give, come on, somebody say when. Yes. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. Then what? You see this? It's this principle, sowing, reaping. I sow, I reap. He says, then when you do it, when you give in this way, when you give with the right heart, not with the big check, when you give with the right heart, then your father who sees what is done in secret will what? Will reward you. When you give, not if you give. Jesus is saying giving is a New Testament principle. We give in obedience to his word. One more. Let me just, one more. Luke eleven forty two. Jesus said this, What sorrow awaits you Pharisees? For you're careful to tithe even the tiniest. Watch this. It was what they were doing was a religious act, right? It's like you're going in and you're giving the tiniest thing. And, but, it's, but God says, look, I'm, I'm looking at the heart. I'm looking, it's, it's not about the, the amount, the what, the, the you know, I got to be sure every little penny. No, what it, he says it's about the heart, for you're careful to even tithe the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. Then what does he say? You should tithe. And then we could just leave it at that. Lord Jesus, we thank you for it. No, I'm just kidding. You should tithe. Jesus says you should tithe, yes. So should we tithe? Should we be givers? Yes, absolutely. Doesn't get any plainer than this. Jesus said, should you tithe? Yes. Tithing and giving is a new Testament principle. So, so let's talk about what is the tithe? The tithe is the first tenth. It's not just the tenth, but it is the first tenth. Not what's left over. If I wait to give what's left over, how many of you know, good chances are you may not be given. We, we have a way of spending what goes in our checking accounts, don't we? We can always find something on Amazon to spend uh, whatever's in there on. My husband said, amen, or no, no, I don't know, <laughs> maybe oh no. <laughs> if I gave what's left over, that's more like a tip. Because what do you do after a meal, right? How many of you have seen this right here? How many of y'all are tired of seeing that right there? I mean, you go in and you're like, I want a bottle of water. And then, he, then they flip this around. You're like, I went back there and grabbed the water myself. 
all you did was scan it. Like you scanned it and you, I mean, you see this everywhere, right? Everywhere you go, it's like, leave, leave a tip, leave a tip. But if we're giving what's left over, that's kind of like, thank you, God, for, for taking care of everything. But when it says give the first of everything, it's a faith statement. It's a faith statement of saying, God, I believe you'll take care of the rest. Rather than going, God, you took care of all of it. Thank you. You did a good job. No, giving that first tenth says, I'm not quite sure how all the bills pan out from here to the end of the month, but I'm trusting you on July the 1st or 2nd to get me all the way to, how many days are in July? 31? 30? 30 days in July? 31. 31. To get me to the 31st or the 30th, whichever, I don't know. And then you got one more day and then you're praying. Come on, Lord. No, I'm kidding. I've got faith here on the 1st that you're going to carry me through. I've got faith here that even though it may not all make sense financially, that you're going to carry me all the way. You're making a faith statement right here. In fact, one of my pastors, he said it this way. Why don't you do me a favor? Hold up uh, 10 fingers because I got a mic in my hand. So I'll try it here. Uh, does that work? That works. All right. You got 10 fingers. All right. So you're going to give your first, first tenth. All right. So how many do you have left now? Nine. All right, you can do it this way, or you can go, all right, I've got to pay a mortgage, and then I've got to pay car payment, and then I've got to pay, uh, you know, this bill or, you know, internet, because the Lord knows you can't live without Wi-Fi in 2023, uh, and my phone broke, so I've got to get the new iPhone, right? You've got to get the, it's the new iPhone, you've got to get that, or the new Android, if nobody said that, right? Uh, and then you got, so now you've got five left, right? Do you want God to bless the five? Or do you want God to bless the nine? Does that make sense? Because when I give my first tenth, I've got 90% left for God to bless. I've got 90%. But if I go all of this, all of this, all of this, all of this, and then I'm like, okay, and then I tithe, then I give that tenth, I've got four left. Now, I'm like, okay, God bless the 40. No, I don't want a blessing on the 40. I want a blessing on the 90. I want a 90% blessing. I don't want to tip God. I want to step out in faith and say, God, I trust you. But watch this. Giving is not a manipulation tool. I'm sure if, you, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard somebody get up and they gave the testimony. They were like, oh, I gave. And then I went out to the mailbox and bless God, there was a check out in the mail. And maybe you were like, come on, Jesus, I'm going to do that, you know? And so on your way out in the little giving box, you just slip something in and you, the next morning you go out in the mailbox and you're like, what happened? <laughs> that guy on stage said he got it. Why did not? Listen, giving is a heart thing. It's not a manipulation tool. It's not like, all right, it's not like you're holding God ransom and you're going, all right, God, I'm going to do this. No, what did God say? He said, I love a what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. I love somebody that loves to give. I love somebody that on the 1st and on the 15th or whatever day your check comes that you go, God, I get to give and I'm trusting you in faith that you're going to take care of my needs, that you're going to supply my needs, that you've got me covered and I'm all good. I'm not giving to get. That's not what we give. And when Jesus went through the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, he, there were three things that he said. He said, when you give, when you fast, and when you pray, 
What if we took the approach of praying as we did sometimes on giving? <laughs> We're like, oh, okay, maybe if I give, right? If I fast. Some of y'all, some of y'all, when we started talking about fasting at the beginning of the year, you're like, you sure this is in the Bible? This whole fasting, are you sure? Can you go back to your uh, prayer closet and, and study a little? And some of you may be saying that about giving too. You may, are you sure, you sure about all this? about all this giving thing, but it's not a manipulation tool. And none of those things are a manipulation tool. Prayer is not a manipulation tool. Fasting is not, it's not like, okay, if I give up this amount of food, then God's going to show up and give me exactly. No, what's going to happen is you're going to get in your prayer closet. You're going to begin to give up some food and God is going to show you maybe that you were wrong all along and your heart changed in the process and you did get what you never knew that you actually needed. It's not a manipulation tool, and we can't use it in that way. So how do we give? We give with cheerful hearts. We give with cheerful hearts. Each one of you should give, This the, our opening scripture said, as you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. We give with cheerful hearts because giving is an act of worship. It is responding to the generosity of God because God gave his son for us. It's a response to his generosity. Thank you, God. You're the most generous person in the world. And you gave your one and only son that whosoever would believe would not perish. But that alone is enough to say, God, I'm giving. What, what do you ask of me? I'm giving. If it's sacrifice, if it's obedience, God, I am giving. We give out of relationship and not religion. We've seen this time and time again that Jesus would talk to the Pharisees and he said, Pharisees, it's not about religion. It's not a religious act. Get out of a religious act. This is a heart of, of worship. It's about relationship. It's about a loving God that loves us and blesses us. And we just, we take, because watch this. It's what you need to understand is that it's not ours anyway. Can I say that again? It's not ours anyway. And when we understand that, we'll understand that this is a relationship between me and God. He's blessed me, and because he's blessed me, I'm going to sow back. And that's the way a relationship works. It, all, all of my married folks in the house, you know that a relationship cannot be one-sided. It doesn't work that way. It's give and take. And in the same way, man, God gives to me, I give to God. It's just this relationship. I don't give out of religion, I get out of relationship. But it all belongs to God. Watch this. Psalms, 1, or Psalms 24 verse 1 says this, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. What belongs to the Lord? Everything. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And that's when, you know, it, it took a great measure of faith for, for our family to step out and, and launch and plant a church especially when it comes to the area of, of finances. And, you know, we did fundraising and uh, so many churches got behind us and, and supported this. And uh, it's, it's been incredible to watch what God has done. But it took an incredible leap of faith to step out and just go, God, you're, you're our supplier. God, you're going to supply every. And you know what? He has. And you know what? He still does. And you know what? He's going to continue to do it. Why? Because when I look at the earth, this is the approach that I had to go. I had to go, God, the earth is yours and everything in it. There's trillions of dollars in the world. And God, you have no problem getting it to Restoration Church. Put us in connection with the right people, the right churches, the right men in our city. There's, there's men in our city that are godly men that own land that could bless us. 
Genesis Metro, just up the road, they're building on a piece of land that was given to them. Because there's a godly man in this town that he laid it on his heart. He said, I've got this piece of land and you need to give it to somebody. I'm telling you, there's a church downtown. What is it? Grace Church in Frisco Square given to them. That land was given to them because the developer of that development said, I want a church in this town square. And so a piece of land was given it to them. I serve a God that owns everything. And when a church will be faithful to follow and tithing and giving, I'm telling you, God is going to bless us. There's a piece of land that's out there for us. That's been sitting since the beginning of time and it's deeded restoration church. It's just only a matter of time before God brings that our way. It all belongs to God. You need to understand that it all belongs to God. We're just stewards. Listen to what Jesus said on this occasion. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Giving really is a, a test of where your heart is. You can, tell by, you can tell what you value by what you invest your resources in. Reverse it this way. Where your heart is, there your treasure is. So where my treasure is, there's my heart. But where your heart is, there's your treasure. In other words, wherever your heart is, you'll be invested there. If you're like, I'm all in at Restoration Church, man, you'll invest there. Why? Because you, you see the life change. You see 40 people get baptized in one year. Why? Because you see your kids come out of kids ministry talking about Jesus. Because when they're on the ride home, they're asking you to cut on worship music rather than Olivia Rodrigo or whatever. They're saying, hey, cut on some worship music. They're saying, let's, they're, they're coming home and they're talking to you about the things of God. Man, you want to, let's get people's heart. And, and when God gets your heart, you'll be an investor. You'll be a giver into his kingdom. God's not after your money. He's after your heart. Can I say that again? God's not after your money. He's after your heart. And the biggest indication of heart is money. You go, oh. Like this is, this is one of those messages that sometimes people will just get up and walk out. They'll be like, yeah, I ain't listening to this. You know, this is one of the ones that you'll get an email about the next day. All right. I just, y'all don't email anymore. Unless it's good. If it's good, y'all can email this, this, these are those ones, you know, where like they'll, they'll hate on you on your Google reviews and they'll be like, man, all this church is concerned about is money. By the way, this is, a, this is the first complete message in 10 months that I've preached on message. Do I, do I talk about giving a little bit every week? Yes. But this is the first complete message, but it is an indicator of where our heart is. And, and what I want you to understand is that God's not after your money. He's after your heart. I'm not, I'm not after your money. I want our hearts to be right with God. And if giving is a part of that, then, then yes, that's where I want us to live. That's, I want us to be in complete obedience and sacrifice and, and following his word. My, my kids have my heart. Let me say it this way. Last, last night, uh, I got sent on a Walmart run. I got sent on like 10 Walmart runs, but... I got sent on one Walmart run last night and I was walking out the door and my youngest, Ella, she's almost three. I hear her from the couch. She's like, Dad, I want a Barbie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the girl's getting a Barbie. 
Why? Because she has my heart. And because she has my heart, all she has to say is bat those little cute eyes at me and say, Dad, I want whatever, and it's yours. And she said, Dad, I want a Barbie. So what did I come home with? I came home with a Barbie. It was the cheapest Barbie that they had. But she don't know that, all right? She doesn't know. She doesn't know that it was the $6 Barbie. She was just glad she got a Barbie because she's got my heart. But giving really does reveal your trust in God. You can really trust God to provide all your needs. Can you trust God to do more with the 90 than you can do with the 100? It's an act of obedience that that God blesses. So in in 2011, our uh, our family moved to to California. We moved in 2010, but in 2011, we hit hard times. We, We took a massive... Uh, pay cut uh, to, to move to California, and, uh, and it was just tough. We were a one-income family because Shannon, we, we wanted her to stay home with the kids, so we were one income living in California, and, uh, and things were tough. Things were hard, and starting at, at a young age, I'd learned this principle of, of tithing, of offering, of giving from my very first job that I had with my dad. I, I would work, and, uh, and then on Sunday, I would give. I would work through the week, and on Sunday I would give. And in 2011, we hit hard times, and I'm looking at the checkbook, and I'm looking at our finances, and the paycheck comes through, and I'm going, man, do I give, or do I try to stretch this money? And I made, I made a decision, and I didn't give. And then the next paycheck came through, and I was feeling convicted. I was feeling bad about it, and so I gave. And the next paycheck came through, and I had a decision to make. What do I do? And I didn't. And it went from about every other to then missing, you know, here and there. And man, God was getting, I mean, how many of you have ever had God get after you about something? You know, like in your personal, man, you're just like, God's getting after you. Like, all right, cool, God, I'll, I'll get to that soon. I'll deal with it soon. Okay, I, I'll deal with that soon. Okay, I'll deal with that soon. Okay, I got you. Let me just tell you, if God is talking to you about something, you better deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it, he's going to help you deal with it, all right? I'm just telling you, I just, in my life, time and time again, there has been things that I hadn't dealt with, and God's been like, all right, you didn't want to do it, so let's do this. You can do it the easy way, or you can do it the hard way. So we got a phone call. I mean, I, I got a call. It was like 5 a.m. because they were in Atlanta. Headquarters was in Atlanta. I was like, oh, man, what? We got a 7 a.m. call. We got. So I got up, got to the office, 7 a.m. call. Boss is on the line. He says, hey, we were going through and we were doing, um, we were just sending out thank you notes to some of our, our givers, some of our top donors. And in doing so, we realized that some of you guys should have been in that list and you weren't in that list. And I was like, oh, no. And he said, all right. He said, look, here's the deal. He said, we, we realize some of you guys aren't giving. We realize some of you aren't. He said, you need, you need to get it right. And in that moment, man, I just had you know, something that God had been telling me and speaking to me personally, like, come on, Craig, come on, Craig, come on, Craig, you got this, come on, Craig, come on, come on. And I didn't get it right, and then all of a sudden it was brought out into the open, and it's like, hey, Craig, let's get it right. Hey, Craig, let's deal with it. So what I did in that moment, it was was a God, holy moment, gut check. Was I mad at first? Yeah, I was mad, all right? I'm not, I'm gonna say I'm all spiritual. I was mad, I was like, what? But what did I do? I got it right. 
And I made a commitment in that moment that I'm not going back on giving. I'm not turning my back on tithing. And here's, here's what actually happened. I actually ended up getting a pay cut. And out of that pay cut, I still continued to tithe. I still continued to sow. And for the remainder of the time that we were in California, I watched God show up and provide for our family over and over and over again. I watched God do more with the 90 than I was doing with the 100. I was trying to take it, manage it, go... I've got all this. And God was going, no, son, I've got you. Let me take care of you. Because that's the God that we serve is a God that wants to take care of us. Philippians 4.19 says it this way, and my God shall supply all of your needs. I've lived this. I've not only lived it, I am living this. I'm walking this out, that God is supplying all of my needs. And watch this. As you sow into this church, as you sow into this house, we're making an impact on lives. 40 people baptized. This month alone, we gave $4,000 to plant a church in Mexico. We gave $1,000, or last month, in the month of June, $4,000 to plant a church in Mexico. $1,000 to a young missionary who came up in our church a missionary that showed up at a church and said, I'm called, and I said, let's get behind you and send you. We gave $1,000 to him to send him to the mission field. We've planted a church in India. When the church in India had a flood, we then gave to help clean up the town and clean up the city and get the church back on its feet. We helped families, multiple families in need. We put Bibles in the hands through Gideon's, who Mr. Bob is here tonight. We, we put hands in the Bibles in the hands of teens and students and, and in hotels through the support of Gideon's. And I'm telling you, we are making a difference. That's what your giving does. Hundred, almost a hundred teenagers are going to get pizza at our house on every, every Monday night. We're going to feed them and we're going to give them the gospel. How do you get to their heart? You get to their stomach. And that little Caesars does it. I'm just telling you. And I'm just telling you this. Our next frontier is this. Our next frontier is moving to Sunday mornings. And what that means in a building or a venue, this is what I want to know. And I'm just, can I just take a moment to, to put some vision and put some faith out there? It's going to take about 10 to 15K more a month for us to take this next step. And I know this. I know that God can double our impact, double the amount of people that we reach just by moving to a Sunday morning. But it only will be possible if we come together in obedience in the area of giving. I know that God is going to have this be a center of restoration for marriages and teens who are hooked on drugs. This is going to be a house of restoration for kids who are far from God. This is going to be a place where people find healing from their past. Restoration will continue to move forward in the vision that God has set out for us. Malachi 3.10, as the band comes back, it says it this way. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Watch what he says. He says, test me in this. It's the only time in the Bible that God says this. He says, test me in this. And see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out on you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Because this is what I want to do. I want to I challenge you in this tonight. I want to challenge you that if you're not a giver, 
Or if you're not a tither, like maybe, maybe you're going, you know what, I'm, I'm giving in this area. Maybe God's calling you to, to take that giving to the next level. Maybe you go, okay, I'm not, I'm not quite doing 10, I'm doing five, but you know what, okay, God, I'm, I hear you. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. Again, listen, I'm not about your money, I'm about your heart. Where's, your, where's the heart in all this? And money truly is one of the biggest indicators of where our heart is. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so I want to challenge you in this. If you aren't trusting God in the area of tithing, would you give God a try in this? Would you try it? God said, try me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven. Would you be willing to walk in obedience in this area? Watch this. I've had, I had two pastors that they said, hey, just try this. So we did it in our church, said, try this. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to say, God, I'll, I'll try it for 90 days. And this is what I'll say, money back guarantee. Somebody's tweeting, don't tweet this. I'm kidding, you tweet it all you want. Would you be willing to 90 days, say, God, I'm going to give this a 90-day challenge, money-back guarantee. If at the end of 90 days, if God hasn't taken care of you, provided for you, supplied all your need, you can come back and say, hey, I want my money back. I'll give you, okay, sure. Because God said, try me in this. This is how confident I am that God's going to take care of you, provide, supply all of your need, is to go, you know what? Hey, here's, call it a 90-day tithe challenge. I'll take $90 or 90 days. I'm going to give 10%, and if God doesn't bless you beyond your wildest dreams, you can come and you can say, hey. Both of the pastors I talked to said, we've never had anybody come back and ask for their money. Why? Because God is faithful. And God's blessing follows obedience and follows sacrifice. But again, listen to me. It's not begrudgingly. It's not like, oh, had to come to church on the 4th of July to hear about this, huh? No. So, God, I get to. And God, I, I get to be a part of. I get to be a part of life change. You may never show up on a Monday night. But when you sow into this church, it's as good as you being there and you preaching the gospel. Because you're making it happen for those students. When you sow and you give into this church, you may never be a person to dunk somebody in the tank. Man, you might as well be the one that's dunking them in the tank because you're giving to make this happen. And when marriages are put back and restored, you may not be the person sitting in the room and counseling them through it, but guess what? It's as good as you are in the room counseling them through it because you've given to make this ministry happen. And by the way, one day in the near future, we will have a counselor on staff that will be 100% free to marriages that need it. Because one of the biggest needs that I see is that couples need counseling, but they go, we can't afford it. I want to have a counselor that will be on staff full time, 100% free, that is booked up eight hours a day, counseling couples, helping them restore their marriages. Because one of the things that I feel like we have a call to as a church is to see marriages made whole because if the, the mom and the dad are good, guess what? The kids are going to be good. And you're going to have a part of that as we give and as we sow and as we pour. It says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you can't contain it.
And when God begins to shower out that blessing on Restoration Church, guess what? We're not going to pad a checking account or a savings account or whatever. What we're going to do is we're going to begin to send that out and, and fund more mission work. And my heart is that every time a need comes up, that when an earthquake happens in Turkey, we go, you know what? There's a $50,000 need for a church that's on the ground that they're supplying water and food. We're going to take and we're going to send $50,000. And without even thinking about it, we just send the resource to help people on the other side of the world. Why? Because we come and we bring the tithe into the storehouse. And then out of that, God flows and he meets the needs of the world around us. Because God is a God that meets our need. Come on, stand on your feet, will you? I know I've, I've put out a challenge. I know this word is, is, is challenging, maybe convicting, or maybe it's affirming and to, to the way that you've been living your life. And, but no matter where you find it, listen, you heard times in my life where I've gone, man, struggle to give, struggle to be. I'll say this, this is, this is how much, not only I believe in, in what we're doing, but, but how much I believe in this principle. And I don't say this to brag, I just want you to know, I said flip that where your heart is, there your treasure is. A year ago, we gave 30% of our income. Not bragging, I just want you to know, I believe in what I'm telling you. I, I'm not saying this to be like, oh, no, no, no. I want you to know, we believe. Right now, we're, we're the top givers in the church, not because we're the top earners, because we are not the top earners in this church. I can 100% guarantee you that. But we made a commitment. God, we're all in. We're invested. We want to reach the city. We want to reach people. God, we want to see you make a difference in the world that we live in. And we're committed, God. We're all in. God, you told us to do this, so we step out in obedience and we're all in. God, my heart is yours. My finances are yours. My life is yours. My family is yours. This church is yours. Come on, can we just lift our hands for a moment? Can we just say that? All I have is yours, God. Come on, just kind of for a second in your own way. All I have is yours, God. My life is yours. Every area, God, I, I want to follow in obedience to your word. I want to follow in sacrifice to your word, God. I'm thankful, God, because I know God, that the principle of sowing and reaping, it's real, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving your, thank you for bankrupting heaven, God, and sending your only son to the earth, God, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.